What's up, pals? Welcome to our fifth, that's right, our fifth iteration of, of Super Dragon Ball Revolution, our holiday special. This is year five in the year of our Lord, Kamisama 2020. We are back. I'm Chris, one of your co-hosts for today. Who else has entered the gauntlet? Uh, I'm Andy. And I am Zach. Welcome back, pals. It's been a very long time. Zach, you escaped from the Mafuba uh, <laughs> two years ago. You were here for the 2018 episode. And then uh, Stan came in for episode four. But now you're back. Welcome back. Now I'm back. Last, last year I had a, a less than one-year-old. So I was a bit preoccupied. <laughs> now I've got a one-year-old. Congratulations. Congratulations. Life is still busy, but you know, I'm here. I made it. I made it for another episode of Suffering. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan has not come back since the first time we forced her to do this. And, I got beef uh, with Ryan. Yeah, we do. Have, we have serious beef with Ryan. So we tried to get her back. Her alibi is that she is taking vacation for the first time this year, and she's spending it replaying the last of us 2 and sure awesome you know that's a great way to spend your time but you could also spend your time with friends during the holidays watching the best movie ever so here's my beef is that she legit said i can't make it i'm on break this isn't work this is this is holiday time you've got time off you come watch a movie which is like an hour and a half long and then record a podcast which is probably like an hour long Whereas playing a game that came out this year that you've already played in the last six months, that's going to take longer than three hours. She needs to get her priorities straight. She, she does. Saying. She does. But I, I will also say after re-listening to episode two, which was her premiere, I feel like she might have like re residual psychic scarring or some sort of PTSD because she was so angry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as do we all, it's Dragon Ball Evolution. And then she tried to exact her revenge by having me and Chris watch a shitty horror movie, but it backfired because we loved it instead. It I was, was going to say, isn't shitty horror movie like Chris's bread and butter? It's true, yes. <laughs> uh, she, she miscalculated. So, Zach, uh, you actually brought up a, a very poignant point, and I want to start off the episode by giving us a runtime or how much of our lives we have <laughs> sacrificed for this meme, this holiday tradition, this terrible but amazing yearly podcast tradition. So I've crunched the math. Dragon Ball Evolution has a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. And I've also compiled the actual runtime of each of our episodes, but in reality, we spent more time because there's a lot of prep that goes into it. There's a lot of filler. Note-taking, editing, etc. Exactly. So I would say give or take. Oh, actually, I would give this maybe an extra three hours. But in terms of exact published runtime, that includes the four episodes of Dragon Ball Revolution and the four times we've watched the movie. We have spent 14 hours, 47 minutes, and five seconds of our lives devoted to this strange <laughs> holiday special. How does that make you you all feel? Well, I guess you can you can uh, 
what's the word? You can make that longer. You can stretch that. That's the word stretch. You can stretch it if you count each person's time individually. Because it's not one person's time being taken up. It's several. This is very true. Also, uh, that doesn't include that doesn't include the the very first viewing of me seeing this movie, which was in theaters, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, you paid no money. Escape. You paid actual dollars. I actually paid dollars to see this movie. Uh, Andy, uh, you might have spent and invested the most time in Dragon Ball Evolution more than any of us. Oh, and to make matters worse, to make matters worse, this movie did come out on my mom's birthday, and I did see ah. a day of release. Oh, man. You Happy skipped birthday, her mom's mom. birthday. Well, it was only like an hour and a half of her birthday, but... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here are some real facts. Um, so Andy, I would say maybe you would you would could put you could probably easily clock in thirty hours of your life towards DBE. Zach and I, I, I would say we would probably be somewhere in between like twenty and twenty-five. Imagine all that you could get done with those thirty something hours. But no, DBE has taken that from us. Jeez. But yeah, so that's the first bit I wanted to cover, but. We are in year five of this tradition, and I wanted to get a temp check, a vibe check on where everyone is at after this rewatch. I mean, this, uh, Andy, this is what your sixth or seventh time actually watching DBE? Six or seven. Yeah. Oof, that's a lot. Uh, but Andy, how about you start? What, do you have any new insights? Did you love the movie more? Did you hate it even more? I'm very curious. I don't know. It, it's getting to this point where where watching it feels like a job, <laughs> so it's not something I look forward to. <laughs> but I do look forward to recording with you guys, of course, and uh, that's that's why I forced myself to plow through this piece of a shit that we call a Dragon Ball movie. I uh, this is my first time watching it since my first time. So in 2018, when I did this, I, I was quite excited because I'd never actually seen it. And, you know, big fan of Dragon Ball and all things related to it. And I was stoked for the movie. And then I heard that it was terrible. And I was like, well, I guess I'll skip it. And then I always meant to go back and watch it and never did. And then I watched it and I was like, well, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> kind of like The Last Airbender. You, you have to acknowledge it exists. But like, also acknowledge that it's a terrible movie, and you probably shouldn't watch it. But yeah, we're going to and anyway. Like, it's it's. I want to compare it to the MCU in that, uh, or contrast it to, and rather because the MCU is a uh, is a way that you can successfully change plot points and characters and use different people in different situations from the source material and still make it coherent and successful and interesting. Whereas this. They change things that don't make sense, and it's all just terrible. <laughs> Zach, this is very interesting because when I was re-listening to you on episode two, you had like a like the movie was was from your point of view, the movie was terrible, but you you were still defending it. You were still trying to highlight its bright spots wherever you can, even though like you know some things had to be reached or but like in general, you try to give it. You try to paint it in as much a positive light as possible. Yeah, I was young and naive. You're young and naive. <laughs> you know better now. <laughs> this was this was pre-end game. We're post-end game. Yeah, this is 
we're in 2020. I ain't got time for shit anymore. <laughs> this is true. I so you all know me, like the audience and the, uh, whoever's listening to us. You know, you know, I'm like pretty optimistic and you know chipper. And you know, I have an incredibly low bar for entertainment, as Stan so accurately put it in the last episode. There is a rate of diminishing returns on multiple rewatches and. Just like Marie Kondo, this movie does not inspire joy. I was just going to say, I paused it five times throughout. One, a couple times were just to check my phone because I was bored. Uh, one time I had to go out and run an errand. But I, I definitely, I spent more time paused than watching. Like, it's an hour and a half long movie. I started it this morning with about four hours to go before recording. And I was late to getting set up because I was finishing it because I procrastinated watching it all morning because I just didn't care. <laughs> I am completely guilty of that too because I had to stop the movie maybe five or six times. I I got to the movie or I got through 45 minutes of it last night and that was with like three or four breaks or maybe like five breaks and then there was a giant break in the middle because I was lying in bed watching, I fell asleep, woke up. I was like, "Oh shit!" I had like 35 minutes of the movie left, and so I, before I went off to work, I finished the movie. Even then, the movie really dragged. And you know, contrasting like my first reaction, where you know I was like Zach last year. You know, like, "Oh yeah," I mean, yes, it's terrible, but I like terrible movies, and I I, I listed a bunch of stuff which I thought I enjoyed. Uh, now, nothing about this movie get, get, gives me joy. One of the big things I, I was talking about in the previous episode was I really like June Park as Yamcha. This rewatch mm. is like, I hate him. I hate everyone. I'm so bitter. I'm so mad. So angry. This movie, this movie just sucked the life out of me. I, I feel like that's something I enjoyed too. It's like, I thought his portrayal was actually pretty great. And like, to, to follow that, I do think the portrayal of Yamcha as like a dude bro is perfect because he is cocky and he is full of himself. And that's, and like to kind of modernize him in that way works, but the lines are just delivered so poorly. He's gotten zero chemistry with Balma. Their, their little almost kiss that gets broken up. Like the music in the background, the way they're talking to each other, the intonation in their voices, it sounds like they're setting up for like a really bad porn parody. It's so boring to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> to like kind of rebuttal that a little bit this was his third piece of work in a movie uh one being in a tv miniseries in 2001 and the second one being a yakuza driver in the speed racer movie so maybe he his <gasps> acting was just bad <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I know exactly who he is in uh, Speed Racer movie because the Speed Racer movie is dope as fuck. I love yeah, Speed Racer. I love movie that movie a lot. I've watched it so many times that I could see him in it. Like just right now, I, 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 I know Blue, which right? yeah. is it. It's it's such a good movie, such a better anime to live action adaptation <laughs> than Dragon Ball <laughs> Evolution. Maybe we should just. I, I mean, maybe we should just spin off and do a Speed Racer rewatch movie podcast. Oh God, I would watch. I would rewatch that. <laughs> a dozen times a year and be happy that's so good i've watched it so many times and like there are parts of that movie that still like give me goose flesh it's so good my god the wachowskis just crushed it like that 
crazy psychedelic final lap scene. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. Okay, so this is no longer episode five of Dragon Ball Revolution. This is now episode one of Speed Racing to the Future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's his name? Uh, uh, Emil Hirsch Hirschberg? Emil Hirsch. Oh, okay. I love yeah. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. Yes. He's so good. John Goodman is like the perfect cast uh for for Pa Susan Susan Sarandon as Ma. And uh, when did oh, I'm looking at when when did Speed Racer come out? Speed Racer uh, came out in 2000, 2008. 2008. Yeah. My God, that's yeah. one year before year Dragon before Ball Evolution. <laughs> yep, trumped it. Booyah! Wow. I fun fact: I also saw Speed Racer in theaters the day of release. Damn, son. I, I was working at a cinema. <laughs> I was working at a cinema at that time when Speed Racer came out, and I saw it on a day off by myself. There were like five. It was the week it came out, and not the day of, but there were like six people in the cinema. And I was one of them, and I was like, oh, God, this isn't a good sign. And I just, I loved it. I saw it two more times in cinema after that. It was so good. The the, the cast is so stacked. Emil Hirsch, Christina Ricci, John Goodman, Susan Sarandon, Matthew Fox is freaking Racer X. This movie's great. Yeah, it's there's... very good. It has a really good cast, it's, but we're not here for Speed Racer. No, yes, we are. We changed it, Andy. <laughs> Dragon Ball oh, is done. Oh, God. It's dragging us back. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, Speed Racer is like the first Captain America movie in that it is the perfect amount of camp to seriousness. doesn't take itself seriously, even in the more serious moments. It still feels like comic booky or old school cartoony. Like, it's wacky, but not in a bad way. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's so well done. It gets a lot of undeserved flack, and I, I'm disappointed that it didn't do better at the box office. Yeah. You you know what you know what did technically make money at the box office? Dragon Ball oh, Evolution. Did it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did it? I, I don't know. Have, well, I have 10 recent facts of Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, this, was, this was made April 23rd, 2020, so they're recent. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. So, well, you know what, if... If Speed Racer lost money and Dragon Ball Evolution made money, well, that just ties right back into the movie itself. The first rule is there are no rules. There are no rules. So Dragon Ball Evolution cost $30 million to make, and it made $58.2 million at the box office. $58.2? I am legit shocked. 58 those weebs, those poor weebs. <laughs> I got, I got nine more facts, weebs. but I'm gonna sprinkle them throughout the podcast. Yeah, no, that's great. Love it, love it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I totally 100% forgot about uh, the bully calling Goku Geeko. Oh, oh like, my god, the worst thing. What's <laughs> up, Geeko? Oh god, it's terrible. I, I still wonder. Every time I watch this movie, I wonder. I wonder how the bully's doing because like they hit each other with rebars, and one of them definitely has permanent brain damage, and one of them has a permanent limp. We, well, we you would always, think so. We always talk about how this fight scene, like people definitely got murdered, and Goku just walked <laughs> away from it. I mean, to his credit, he's not the one that hurt any of them. He just dodged. That's one of the smarter things he does on the movie. And what what were their intentions after they jumped him? Like. They just wanted to fuck with him. I don't know. They're what bullies. would they have done had they successfully won? They, they would have stole his lunch money. I mean, bullies don't really have much rhyme or reason to their uh, credit. Like they just are bullies, and they don't like this kid because they don't like this kid. A lot of times, that's how it works out. They don't actually have anything against him. They just he's there to pick on, and he's weird, so they pick on him. The only problem with that to me is that 
I can't take a bully seriously when his name is Fuller because the only character I know of, aside from him, called Fuller is the younger cousin who wets the bed in Home Alone. That's right. <laughs> so I, I cannot take a bully seriously if his name is Fuller. You can't drink Pepsi. You'll wet the bed. And also, you gotta you gotta wonder like Chi-Chi's taste in significant others because Fuller fully tried to kill Goku at the beginning of the high school, uh, uh, beginning of the movie by almost running him over with his car. Chi-Chi was like, gives him like weird, like, oh, okay. And then she just walks off with Fuller. I, I don't understand. And then, then literally later, he like Goku straight up lays out the entire crew and Chi-Chi does a 180 and says, oh, you're different. I like difference. Like, then why did you hang out with the high school jock? I don't understand. Yeah, but there's there's that's another thing I have a problem with is at the beginning, Chi Chi's like, you're Goku, right? That's your name. Like, I don't actually know you, but I think that's your name. And then like two days later, when they see each other in this training place, she's like, oh, if you can put a, uh, if you can light these up with your power, I'll kiss you. It's like, OK, you don't actually know this guy. You're ridiculous. You're acting ridiculous right now, Chi Chi. Everyone was written so badly. Everyone. Yeah. So. And also, another problem I have with that scene, sorry, we're jumping around from the bully to the, the key scene, but uh, Goku, the character of Goku, is the least sexually motivated person in the history of anime. This is very true. This is very true. He does not care about sex. He does not care about it. He cares about fighting and challenging himself and training, and that's about and eating, and that's about it. Like, yeah, obviously he's had sex because he's got three kids, but... I mean, he doesn't care about it. He's he's not going to be like, okay, Chi-Chi, yeah, I'm going to woo you. Like, that's not how Goku works. And that's that's not a change I was happy and with. And we've, we've, so we've seen that in the, ori the original Dragon Ball, where in the final scene where Goku beats Chi-Chi, and Chi-Chi says that, that Goku promised to marry her. And like Chris said, Goku was like, oh, yeah, because I thought marriage was a food. So... There was no other reason why Goku married Chi-Chi other than he promised it because he thought it was food. Yep. is motivated by the nosh. You, you gotta give it up for original source material, Chi-Chi. Just to, to be one of the greatest partners in relationship history. Because she's so patient and she, she, generally, she generally loves Goku. And she's also a great mom. Give it up for Chi-Chi. She deserves all the praise. And she and Goku doesn't deserve her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, well, I think I'm thinking of Dragon Ball Super. I think it was like one of the beginning episodes where like Goku tries to work on a farm, like operating a tractor, and he's all bored. It's like, I just want to train. It's like, my favorite scene came from that episode, though, where Goku pretended to get punched by Hercule. And like flew over the building and then like kind of flew back. It was like, I forgot my tractor, like pulled <laughs> his tractor away with him. Do you guys not know what I'm talking about? I haven't. I have not seen any of Dragon Ball Super. Oh, my God. Hold on. It's been so this. long. Wait, didn't didn't like Hercule challenge Goku to like punch him so so he could give him bribe money to like up up his reputation? Or yeah, I... it is. It is the greatest. 30 second scene. <laughs> well, yeah, and then I remember uh, the Chi Chi got really excited because she was like, oh, we can use the money for like Goten's college fund or schooling. 
she, 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 you know, she's a smart head on her shoulders. She thinks in the long term and she doesn't want her kids to be like her no good dad who just bums around and trains and fights. Yeah, he saves the world, but what, what does he do the rest of the time? All right, guys, I, I put the, the video in Facebook. Goku I'm gonna, forgets I'm gonna his tractor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's, i do not remember the scene but that's so good that makes me want to watch dragon ball scene. super so bad <laughs> Jeez. Oh, i remember when that scene came out i i was watching that video like four times a day it was great beautiful so any last or any other thoughts or criticisms or even quote unquote praise for the movie? Like I'm sensing a lot of negative energy. Uh, I know we challenged ourselves. I think it was like episode two where we were straight up trying to defend the movie and um, we were we were giving it like college level theses of it. Like we were trying sure. to we were trying to give it like a a college level clinical cycle a cycle logical um perspective on it obviously db is not actually that deep but we had our fun i don't know if anyone feels the need or has the energy to defend it i don't i don't right now i can give some uh pros and cons okay go ahead like, from my notes pro uh balma's capsule vehicle is actually dope as fuck yeah the atv oh, I, hell yeah I, I, this is true yeah I wish they would have inca uh, incorporated more capsule tech because that was really cool. Like the the and the CG still looks cool eleven years later, and I don't know. It just that was awesome, and the way Yamcha got excited about it, he's like, I mean, yeah, I would be excited about that too. Yeah, sweet, dope. But Khan, the choreography and cutaways make Iron Fist look good. Cannot tell you how mad it was during this rewatch. There's this great YouTube video. I don't remember the the publisher about it, but it was basically a breakdown of like the main differences between martial arts choreography in like classic Hong Kong cinema, like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, so on and so forth, and like Western um, fight scenes and how Western fight scenes they just over rely on cuts and cuts and cuts. And meanwhile, like a Jackie Chan film. You see like this extended like minute to two minute long scene where you see all the full breadth and movements of all the all the kicks and the punches. And with that many cuts, it just it's just really jarring. It disrupts the flow of the when when you think of martial arts as a dance, you know, a, a performance. It makes it really jarring and jagged and discombobulated. And I can't tell you how angry I and annoyed I got. This is literally the first five minutes of the film when they're fighting on the clothesline. Oh, I was yeah, like, that's I absolutely it. terrible. That's where I wrote that note. The The first note <laughs> I wrote is, the first rule is, there are no rules. The second note I wrote is, choreography and cuts straight out of Iron Fist. It's garbage. Terrible. And then this is, I mean, again, this movie was made in, or released in 2009. And yep. we, might, we might be spoiled because of, like, 
you know, daredevil, like you have like a, a that five minute long, minute halt. long yeah. One say- yeah, yeah, yeah. God, those hallway That's exactly what perception. came to my mind when you were talking those about like, choreography. So <laughs> my my wife and I just watched season three of Daredevil this year. Finally, like we're catching up on all the final seasons of the Netflix shows, and that one blew us away. And we we're just so sad that there's no more Daredevil coming out. I know, like the Daredevil rights went back to Disney already. Yeah, I don't Disney know officially has the rights now. Can I go on a quick little side tangent? Uh, yes, but we have to get we have to we have to, we have to swerve back to DBE. <laughs> okay, we will, we will. This won't be like Speed Racer cast. Don't worry. I just want to say, um, Marvel's dropping some pretty uh juicy hints and teasers regarding Daredevil. Um, and I mean Marvel for the MCU. You know how they just had the the Disney briefings recently, where they had like dozens of announcements for Star Wars and MCU and all that stuff. And one of them was about uh She Hulk on Disney Plus. You know, they said, oh, this is the woman who's going to be playing Jessica Walter. And here's like the main director, the showrunner, whatever. And one of the things that they said, this is straight from Kevin Feige, said that since she is a lawyer who specializes in superhero cases, you never know who might pop up from episode to episode. Oh, and this oh is interesting. The, and this is on the like and. It's on the back end of all these uh, casting rumors and confirmations for Spider-Man 3, the Tom Holland Spider-Man 3. I don't know if you guys have kept up on all that. But, There's so uh, many, like... Um, um, Doctor Strange Doc is, is coming back. It. But yeah, uh, the uh, like Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Andrew Garfield, uh, Jamie Foxx, and for some reason I can't remember his name, but yes, the Doc Ock guy. And Willem Justin Dafoe. Day, I, Wait, is no, Willem Dafoe Willem actually Dafoe. coming back? But, I just saw a rumor today while we're recording this on December 23rd, my time, that uh, Green Goblin and Sandman will both be returning as well. Oh, so, yeah, I saw that so too. That's, a, few days that's ago. a rumor, but I haven't looked into it more. But yeah, then uh, there's also there's also something I saw about Charlie Cox Daredevil. That one's more the rumor mill, less confirmed. But uh, man, guys. This movie's supposed to come out a year from now, and I cannot wait to see what actually happens because it's sounding fucking amazing. Um, the, the, I'm all here for the MCU Spider Verse in real life. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so back to Dragon Ball. Just let's whip our heads back. <laughs> Another pro and con. Another pro is that when Goku and Bulma recruit Roshi, and Bulma and Roshi are on the the uh, ATV. And Goku has to run beside them carrying the big pack of stuff as part of training. First, there was the the Roshi joke about he's holding onto her hips and she's like, back off, old man. Uh, and they didn't go too far into him being a pervert because I think that would have been weird. But I thought that was a nice way to have just a pervy joke without taking it too far. But then also Roshi making Goku run alongside carrying this big pack was a very good Roshi move. And like that felt in character with what he would do in the show. Yeah, instead of instead of hauling milk jugs across the country with a turtle shell, he just carried all. He, he became a pack mule. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought that was a, that was a good quality Roshi move. But then uh, Khan is that why is Roshi in a city? Like he never lives in a city. He visits people in the city, like at the briefs comp, the Capsule Corp Corporation. But he lives on a fucking island with a turtle. Turtles nowhere to be found. The Kami House is nowhere to be found. That's such a classic location in the dragon ball universe that like i can't understand why they would have omitted it and it sucks i i think i know yeah. why i i have a i have a theory 
So Piccolo used his powers to evaporate all the oceans to find that one Dragon Ball. And so Master Roshi had to relocate from, from Kami House to a, another brownstone uh, house in the middle of a pit that he, 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 he purchased on a timeshare. So he had to move all his belongings there. And uh, because Piccolo just destroyed the world ecosystem by evaporating all the oceans. Yeah, it still sucks. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was so jarring because it was literally a pit and like a, like a narrow strip of land uh, leading to another s- smaller circle of land in the middle of this giant moat or pit. And there was like a, you know, like a New York City style brownstone uh, multi-level apartment. And that's where Master Roshi lives. And it was very jarring. Makes zero sense. If you want to have the globe-trotting feel, which is very classic Dragon Ball, why not have um, a short sea escapade? You could, like, like Zach said, you could. That's an op- that's an opportunity to show off the capsule technology. Bulma just throws out, a, throws out a, a really cool sci-fi-looking boat, and maybe maybe you could have a chase scene where Piccolo is flying in the airship and shooting like torpedoes or rockets or energy blasts and they're just dodging um, in this in- intense speedboat action scene and then they get to Kami House. I, you know, that's... that's. I mean, uh, Capsule Corp has lots of good technology. The boat could also transform into a submarine if they find out a Dragon Ball is under the ocean or something. I think that they could also, like with that in mind, they could have also incorporated something like the Flying Nimbus Cloud yeah that's true yeah i mean the power pole the power pole was introduced in dragon ball i mean uh i mean goku and uh had a bow staff but it wasn't the power pole i'm surprised they also left out that relic as well so many missed opportunities or potential setups for sequels that were never meant to happen here's here's fun fact number nine akira toriyama actually hated this movie oh i'm not surprised i I'll, i'll i'll throw in another fact for fun uh, George Lucas could have directed it. George Lucas? Huh. What? Yeah, they, were, <laughs> they were considering George Lucas as oh, the my director God. at one point, and uh, wow. I guess things fell through. My God. Can I you, guess they unfortunate. did. Can, can you imagine, like, George Lucas's, like, usual suspects in a Dragon Ball movie? Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, what could have been? I don't know. Zach, do you have any more pros and cons? I was just looking through my notes. I don't have many more pros, no. Okay. I have a couple of just, uh, <laughs> side notes. So, just like, the way that you said that. There's uh, the bit in the school early on when Goku opens up the lockers with his key, and there's a sign on the wall that says something about virtual teachers. It doesn't, you don't see the full sign, but all I could think is, wow, are they living in the time of COVID? Mm-hmm. Even though they're all in school. <laughs> Uh, the, the, well, uh, they do they do partial in school days. The rest of the time, they're remote. There you go. Uh, and they're the his hair gag when he's getting ready for her party, and he uh, like gels it all back, and then it goes oh, God. like that. Could have been actually funny if his spiky hair looked spiky instead of just like bedhead. Like his hair didn't look outrageous at all, like Goku's does. Like fan of like horror movies and body horror like it disturbs me to see all that blue hair gel on the mirror after like his hair like 
slicks yeah. off. It's like, oh, it's, it's t- get it, it, Yeah, it gets under my skin. I hate it. There's a line from Bulma after she learns that the the balls are called Dragon Balls, and he's like, oh, they give off Dragon Ball energy, and she's like, Dragon Ball energy, ABE, catchy name. Like, that's subtle as a brick. No. ABE is not <laughs> a catchy name. And then, and then Goku completely ignores her and just keeps calling them Dragon Ball. And then she that the DBE stuff never, or the Promethean Orb stuff, like never gets mentioned again. And she just calls them Dragon Balls. Yeah. This this movie. I've just got one more thing I want to point out, and that's uh, when Goku's fighting Roshi before he realizes that's Roshi, and uh, Bulma's like, "You guys have to stop." And Goku's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna end it." And then he blasts his chi or his key and uh roshi ducks and he fucking blasts balma right in the face and knocks her into the next room and you'd think she'd like die that says i'm ending this fight move and she just kind of gets up with an annoyed look on her face all dusty like balma's secretly strong as hell yeah Bulma, Bulma, she's that... a she's like one of the strongest humans out there she's on the same level as like master roshi krillin Yamcha. I should have knocked uh, her or out, Tien. but he's just like, oh, dang it, <laughs> Goku, why'd you do that? She's also one of the only humans to explore Nanak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. One of the oh. two. Also, Goku using dead bodies to uh, to make a, like, uh, what is it? What did I say? A bridge, a bridge of burning a bridge bodies. Across a... morbid and terrifying. And, like, uh, probably an important look into Goku's psyche that we should all consider. Indeed, he does not view his enemies as uh, as honorable opponents, but as mere fodder for his yeah. goals. <laughs> and that's the end of my notes. Excellent. Well, okay. Um. Uh. Thank you so much, Zach. Uh. And thank you, Andy, for those sporadic trivia. Um. I want to pivot because uh, Zach, this is a prominent, I guess, bit that that you were part of uh, on your last appearance, where we deep dived into the world of ebay looking for more dragon ball evolution merch and i have some new merch i found on ebay so i'm gonna provide some links so the first one uh is this one this listing is for a dragon ball evolution movie poster 40 inches by 27 inches uh so this is probably a poster they probably hung up uh, at a movie theater, uh, it's used. Uh, the description says, uh, Mark as used as was in a movie theater just west of Chicago, Illinois. Poster in good shape. Uh, on the image, uh, it's several different landscape-style images featuring Goku, Bulma, Master Roshi, uh, Piccolo, and I think that's Mai, Mai. at the bottom? Yeah. Mai. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, there's tagline. There's a tagline that says "Master Your Destiny, Dragon Ball Evolution." And there's a couple different images on this listing. I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you? Oh, would you? This is nine dollars and fifty cents. Would you spend money on this? I would spend nine dollars and fifty cents to mail it to Stan Gadaski. <laughs> <laughs> I would not spend nine dollars and fifty cents. Buy it for myself, no. <laughs> uh, Andy, same question. Would, would, what do you think of this poster? Would you buy it for yourself or for Stan? Uh, would you buy it to start our Dragon Ball Evolution 
museum that we talked about in a previous episode? I'd, I'd buy it for Stan. I 100% would not buy this for myself. By the way, that's US 950. I'm in New Zealand, and it's approximately 1345 New Zealand. Plus, if I want it shipped to me, $30.03 for shipping. Oh. So that would be $43.48 to get it to me. Fuck yourself. <laughs> too much. <laughs> too. The cost is too high. No, thank you. Quantity, one sold, two available. Yes. Uh, act now. Okay, so that's the first listing for Stan. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is... Like, the, the poster it doesn't even look good. Like, it looks like someone made a fan poster after the casting announcements were made, and it's a bad mock-up. The, the color schemes are all over the place. The, the, I was gonna they're mention not lined that. up in any interesting it, way. Yeah, and then, like, the most color, it's, like, red, brown, gray, more brown. It's all over the place. Inconsistent is the word I would use. And wouldn't Goku being the protagonist, wouldn't you put him centered? Or at least in top? color. Like they've got his colors all muted and gray. Like he's, I don't know. Like they've got the word master on his image, which I think is fitting and clever. But uh, but really, the ma like master should be on Roshi. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not clever. Master should be the tag on Roshi's image. He should be, yeah, if they flipped Roshi and uh, Goku's placement, have Roshi with Master and Goku on Destiny, that would make a bit more sense. If I've never, ever heard of Dragon Ball, ever, and this was 2009, and I saw this poster in a theater, I would think Chun Yun Fat and uh, Emmy, Emmy, oh my god, Emma Rossum. Oh Emmy Rossum. Emmy, Emmy Rossum, thank you. Uh, with their positioning and with like the bright color scheme, I would 100% think that those are the leading characters, especially Tony on Fad, because like he's he's a big star. He's a very recognizable he's the biggest face. name in it. Yeah, exactly. especially in 2009 when like it was only a few years removed from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this poster is not. Yeah, this is this is an example of what to not of what not to do for Correct. marketing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna piggyback off of this uh, this marketing talk with uh, two more facts on who could have played who. Uh, okay. Ron Perlman was almost Piccolo, mm -hmm. but he mm -hmm. he he turned down the role to be in Hellboy Two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and Tom Welling almost played Goku. Oh yeah. Wait, oh, Tom yeah, Welling from the Flash? Tom Welling? Or no, or from, well, like um, from Smallville. Smallville. Smallville, that's Smallville. right. Who am I thinking of? Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, wow. Okay. I mean, technically, he was in the Flash with the crossover, but... Interesting. Yeah, no, I can dig it. I would only buy this poster for Stan because we're starting, <laughs> we're starting, we're starting this museum. Okay, so I just have to interrupt. Uh, I'm looking up IMDb things about people, and... Uh, and the movie and uh one of them is saying you might also like because you watched dragon ball evolution the Halle berry catwoman movie rated 3.4 stars out of 10 or <laughs> or birdemic shock and terror 1.8 <laughs> have you guys seen birdemic uh i actually no. have it i heard things it's fucking I... terrible but hilarious it's one of those so bad it's good like definitely a bad movie night movie but oh my god to have it recommended if you like Dragon Ball Evolution, is just speaks volumes to the quality of this film. Sorry, carry on. I just had to interrupt for that. 
Wait, wait, wait. Did Birdemic make more than fifty-eight million at the box office? Oh, very probably not. Let me see. This is a very important question. Uh, I've just lost the Birdemic piece. Hold on one moment. You keep going and I'll get back to you. All right, so I'm going to move on to the next eBay item. Now, this item, I feel like it would be the crown jewel in Stance Collection and or the Dragon Ball Evolution Museum. Now, I'm going to post this in our chat. The listing for this is Dragon Ball Evolution, Uzaru, the Great Ape, Ian, uh, parentheses, Ian White's prop arms. Uh, exclamation point, Z, exclamation point, DBZ, exclamation point. What the fuck? Price at $249.99. This claims to be the, they're, they're, a, they're a pair of arm gloves. They look like, uh, oh, actually, I have, I have the actual full listing of this, of this uh, item. So, quote. Offered here is an incredible find for any fan of the iconic Dragon Ball franchise. This is a set of Uzaru's, uh, parentheses, Ian White, production made prop arms from Dragon Ball Evolution. These were made for the full suit of Uzaru the Great Ape. While they use CGI to add fur over the costume in post, you can see the original costume used in production in some production photos as well as the making of feature on the DVD slash Blu-ray of the film. The arms are in good condition. However, most of the fingers have have tears slash distress near the claws. This was likely from wearing slash removing the arms on set in addition to the weight of the claws. These are the hero version of the claw of the arms, which feature heavier resin claws. This is awesome in all in all caps. Very few props or wardrobe items were released from Dragon Ball Evolution. Dragon Ball is one of the most popular modern franchises with numerous installments and the original Dragon Ball Z cartoon being widely considered one of the greatest, greatest cartoon of its era. Uh, if you want this great piece, act fast. So what they're advertising is a pair of like latex rubberish gloves apparently worn by Justin Chatwin or some stump guy so i'm very skeptical because there's like no certificate of authenticity yeah it says here that usually it was one in a in an auction and usually those auction houses don't provide a certificate of authenticity yeah i mean i can i can dig it like i think it's a unique and interesting item um it's certainly more interesting than a poster that's poorly made at least it's a part of quote-unquote cinematic history <laughs> however you want to take that i don't think it's 250 dollars interesting but you know no i'm not i'm not a special effects props prosthetics uh expert i'm looking through these gloves mm -hmm. i i can't tell if they're good bad mediocre they were worn by Tom Welling. Maybe they'd be worth two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but these are worn by Justin Chatwin. How much are they worth? Are they worth two fifty? Just gonna pop in here to say uh, I cannot find any grossing information about Birdemic, but it had a budget of ten thousand dollars. I I found its opening. I found its opening uh, gross. I didn't find weekend. that anywhere. Uh, yeah, because it is an abysmal eleven dollars. 
<laughs> and this was published during the year, like the weekend after Birdemic came out. So that's awesome. I love that. All right, carry on. This this may, this begs the question. Um, I mean, this is literally the first prop I've ever seen on eBay. If you had two hundred forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents to spend on on only Dragon Ball Evolution props, would it be this, or would you want Goku's gi? or maybe a replica or the actual prop they use for the Dragon Ball, or maybe Master Roshi's co- a, a t-shirt that he wore. Uh, what would you spend with that $250? I mean, I feel, like the, I feel like they would actually cost more because they seemed like quality props, but I thought the Dragon Balls looked pretty cool the way they had the, the cloudy uh, appearance about them. So I, I, I could dig that. Cool. Andy, how about you? Do I have to spend the two fifty on the yes, you have this to. movie? You have to. You have to. Fuck. You can't. You have to spend it on Dragon Ball <laughs> memorabilia. Oh, but not evolution. No, and, and, <laughs> no evolution. <laughs> Dragon Ball evolution Fuck. props. But Andy, I'm trying to find Andy. loopholes here, Chris. God damn it! If you could find, if you could find a live action prop from the anime, maybe. If I had to spend $250 on a prop from this movie, it would be Bulma's badass vehicle. Oh, even though that would be more than $250. That'd be a deposit. (laughs) Well, what if you could spend the $250 on the digital assets that was used to create the CGI ATV transformation Uh, scene? uh, No. No? (laughs) No. <laughs> I think I would spend it on Yamcha's drill prop that he used to uh, plow oh, through, yeah. plow through the the wall. I think it was pretty cool. Oh, oh outside the box. I got, I got it. This is gonna be a segue into one of my facts. I would use it for a plane ticket to visit the abandoned jean factory in Mexico that this movie was shot in. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this movie was shot in an abandoned gin factory in Mexico. Oh my god. Did they did they run out of money for scouting and shooting locations? I don't know. It doesn't really say why. Uh but it does say that if you pay very close attention to the little hints throughout the movie, you can kind of see like pyramid uh Inca pyramids and Mexican influence towards their I guess buildings wow. and stuff. Insane. This movie had what, like a thirty million dollar budget, and they had to, yeah. they had to like sneak across the border and film at an abandoned factory, and wow. waste forty cans of hairspray on Goku's hair. Wow! Wow! To make it look mediocre. <laughs> well, when you put it like that, <laughs> I don't know it's it's uh it's also a bit of a fall for from grace for the director. He's the guy who directed. Final Destinations 1 and 3. And I, I really enjoyed Final Destination 1, at least. I don't know that I saw 3. But you know, that's, that's a bit of... Uh, he has, According to IMDb, he has not directed a film since then. He's directed a couple episodes of TV here and there, but he has not done another movie since Dragon Ball Evolution. So I think that uh, says a lot. A career killer. Uh, and not even the Dragon Balls can wish his career back, so... Nope. Um... So that's it for my eBay listings. Stan, I hope you like the poster. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not getting you the Uzaro arms. 
unless you want to buy us if you want to wire us the money so we can you know start that museum but that is it for the ebay portion of dragon ball evolution or dragon ball revolution i just want to give a, a small little quick tidbit on how much money of their budget was spent on a hairspray uh oh, wait, you have those numbers? dollars Oh my god! It was was 40 cans just on Goku's hairspray. So I just looked up the average cost of hairspray and uh, multiplied that by 40, and I got $359 just on hairspray for Goku. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight with you. That feels like a low ball. Like I feel like for a movie set, for a movie or film production, they would probably get more than just the. Your average standard hairspray, they'd probably try and get something It'd to be make like it work a bit better. End. Yeah, so I'm just putting that out there. It sounds like they would have tried to do more, but I mean, you wouldn't know by looking at it because it looks garbage. So, so I've got a, I've got a question for you guys, uh, inspired by a discussion with Ryan when we were setting this up. Is Dragon Ball Evolution a Christmas movie? Discuss. Yes, I've been waiting for this. So obviously, obviously, uh, it doesn't take place. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know. This is like an alternate Earth, so we don't know the 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 ecosystem. And it's all also Piccolo has been blowing the ocean up, casting fire or like death balls and key blasts, and the Earth is continuously destroyed by epic Dragon Ball battles all the time. So who knows what effects it has on the environment so maybe this earth snow doesn't exist maybe it's actually taking place in december and but you know it still looks like sunny california because the 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 ecosystem is so messed up and like winter's not not a thing so this could take place during december there's no christmas tree but again who who are we to assume that this alternate world has practices christmas or whatever uh, analog it has uh, uh, in a different way. It might be called something different. Uh, they might celebrate Yule or uh, Festivus. Who knows? I mean, also, you, you can't rule out that uh, we did just learn it was shot in Mexico, where I don't think they get a lot of snow. This is true. Yeah, this, this is true. This is true. Okay. You're, you're, we're, we are cracking the case. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, much as I would like to argue for it being in in Christmas time, I mean, we've kind of made it set for ourselves because we always do this podcast in December. So it feels very Christmassy to us. It's always part of the festive season now. Like yeah, a new so I was going to say that seeing how it aired in beginning of spring kind of kind of takes it down a peg. I was I was thinking I just had a brainwave and I googled Dragon Ball Goku birthday because it takes place the first beginning of the movie is on his birthday. Goku's birthday is any guesses? December twenty fifth. <laughs> Andy, uh, not winter. One <laughs> of you is correct. Okay, what what's a more specific not winter date? May. Both of you just throw out a random date. Uh, July first. Andy? May 4th. Andy is closer. It's April 16th. Oh. Goku celebrates his birthday as April 16th. The date marks the hero's canonical birthday, but things get tricky from there on. If you go by the manga, Goku is born on this day in age 736. The anime claims the guy was born a year later on that date. But April 16th. So it is, if we're going by that date, 
it is absolutely not a Christmas movie, and Ryan will be happy to hear that. But she is not going to listen to us because she hates it. <laughs> so fuck it, YOLO. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, so I know we're we've been podcasting a little bit more than an hour. So script time. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I have one quick thing I want to share with YouTube. A cool thing I found posted earlier this year. There is an artist by the name of Jared S. Morantz uh, on Instagram. His handle is JS Morantz. And uh, earlier this year, he posted concept art that he worked on for DBE. Uh, so I'll share those links over here. So, Andy, how about you? Can you describe to the audience what I posted on the first image as well as the caption? Here's an old sketch of Piccolo I did for Dragon Ball Evolution. The best part of working on this film was working with Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. and the rest of the team at Studio ADI. And it is a sketch of Piccolo. Kind of. Kind of. It looks, it's a very liberal uh, interpretation. Yeah. It looks more it kind of. More horror reminds, than anything. It reminds me of like Green Goblin from um, from Spider-Man. like the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Oh yeah, where they're like fused with, like where they're like genetic fusions. That's kind of what it gives me vibes of. It's it's interesting because it's definitely got the green color palette, but the from like the side of the neck and then going down the arm, it's all red like almost as if the skin is translucent and you can see inside you can see blood vessels and capillaries yeah it's interesting and i don't hate it i just am not a fan of it as being piccolo like it looks like a real cool character design for something else i would say this design fits more in like like a del toro movie or just any other horror movie yeah Um, it doesn't look at all i mean i mean it doesn't look anime. It, just, it looks um, hyper, well, like, quote unquote, like more realistic than an anime character or sketch would be. Which, I mean, it's a live action adaptation of an anime, right? So it's supposed yes. to look more realistic. Yeah. But still. I would say this creature would fall in perfectly in like a Ridley Scott, like alien movie or one of, a spinoff movie. Um, it, it's, or even, even like, I feel like this could be, if, if this was, uh, DC or Legendary, this could be a sketch for a really fucked up looking Martian Manhunter, honestly. Huh. Oh, oh, yeah, I could yeah, see that. Sure. I could see that. Yeah, that's a good interpretation. The other one is a really interesting one, too. Yeah. Uh, Zach, how about, uh, could you give us a play-by-play on the second image? Yeah, so it says, yeah, I'm trying to read the, read the hashtag. Fulham Assassin? Words. Sorry? Fulham, Fulham? Fulham Assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Fulham Assassin design for Dragon Ball movie. Did these for Studio ADI. I had an amazing time working with those guys. Hashtag Dragon Ball. Hashtag Monster. Hashtag Concept Art. Hashtag Creature Design. Hashtag Photoshop. Hashtag Drawing. Hashtag Creature. So, did you say Cre- this is Creature to be is like definitely, definitely a good choice. Is that word. what you said it was supposed to be? The followers were the creatures that were created from Piccolo's blood and attacked him that, at the volcano. Are those scene. the lava ones? Yes, yeah, okay. the lava ones. The ones yeah. that Goku used for his morbid bridge. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'll admit I never really got a good look at them in the movie, but also, to be fair, I wasn't paying super attention. But like, this looks like something out of Dead Space, and it looks real definitely cool. or do like, that was my very first thought. Dead Space. Like I, ha- I haven't played Dead Space, but from everything I've seen, it looks like a Dead Space art. A hundred percent. Like you have like this crazy, yeah. Like you can see like the red musculature, and then you have like mm. these bone plates. Uh, and, yeah, like, natural like bone armor. armor. But... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's like spikes coming out of his torso. He has like bl- a bladed gauntlet arm, also made out of bone. Uh, he- he's got a kind of. Uh, oh, I'm trying to dis- the he has like a armored bone carapace around its head that kind of looks bug like has like beady green eyes uh this creature looks badass this this is like a like a mini boss monster i looked it up and i don't know the from the picture from this is from the dragon ball wiki it looks like someone's cosplay of what this is like someone on a low budget cosplay on this picture that's drawn Man, I, if this was the actual final product that we saw in the movie, I'd be like, shit, like, okay, okay, I would, that's interesting, that's a, that's a, that's a hot take, that's an interesting concept, but it's definitely unique, it's definitely something we, we haven't really seen before in Dragon Ball, I feel like, um, and like, if you want to go f- swing for the fences, that's cool. So these are, um, I've just put in the chat, these are more of his art from that. One of them is that art that you've sent us, mm-hmm. but with more. Like that one's focused on the main full body shot. Oh my oh, god, wait. these are, this is 100% oh, dead space. So sick. Oh my yeah. god, these are so cool. These creatures are so dope. Google Fulham Assassin, and those are ones that came up from him. On the first of the two that I sent you, the top right that's kind of not colored in and looks kind of bluish. That makes you think of Nemesis from Resident Evil. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And then the the second image with the the five bits. Uh, I don't know that those, they definitely look horror game inspired. Yeah, I was going to say they can all definitely pass for like Resident Evil, Dead Space. Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. Some iconic horror game. Like they look really cool. And uh, so that people aren't just listening to us poorly describe things. You should probably put these in the show notes. We will definitely put it in the show notes. Um, and then, you know, on a previous episode, actually, Zach, you brought up this point. You know, we were talking about, uh, oh, God, I, I, I forgot the name of the movie again. Future Trunks uh, and with Gohan, badass Gohan. With oh, yeah, yeah, arm. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, Zach, you specifically mentioned like that could be made into like a cyberpunk horror Dragon Ball movie. These should be the yep. bad guys as well as the androids. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. If these were the androids minions and mm-hmm. terrorizing. Like, like, like Dr. Giroux created like crazy biomechanical creatures before making mm-hmm. the androids. I just, I just sent you guys a comparison uh, link so you could see what the full looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely so, low, mean, low cosplay for sure. The, based on the uh, concept art, it doesn't look terrible, but the concept art definitely looks a lot better. It didn't translate very well. No, but I, I, I feel like this is a testament to the artist's like skill, because the the Fulhams, you know, however short lived their their appearance was in the movie. I mean. The Fulhams got their own action figure, and you know that wouldn't have happened without these 
crazy awesome intricate designs i don't i i don't recall i feel like if i remember correctly the fulham action figures we were talking about on ebay like they're nowhere near as detailed as these concept art one but like the seeds of it are there and then just just looking at the original artwork it's just so creepy 100 percent body horror 100 percent sci-fi horror stuff going on here i love this art so everyone should follow uh js uh morantz because he's very talented yeah um i've got a proposal for y'all mm-hmm. do either of you have a psp uh i know where you're going with this yeah. um actually uh so there is we haven't ever talked about this ever on the How podcast have we not fucking talked about this it's got a rating on par with the movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, Two out of ten on AGN, twenty-eight percent Metacritic. There's a Dragon Ball Evolution video game released only on the PSP, March nineteenth, twenty or two thousand nine. So it came out a month before. The, it's oh, wait, a no, fighting uh, game, though, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a fighting game. I actually, I, I was gonna say this for the end, but I propose. Sorry. For no, no, it's okay. I propose for next year, the next bit on top of. Watching, watching Dragon Ball movie. Evolution, we watch the hour and a half long story mode video of the Dragon Ball Evolution PSP video game, and we talk about that. Or if anyone has a PSP, God forbid you spend money on it. I think if you find it, <laughs> if you find it on eBay, I think uh, there's a couple of listings of them. All of them emulation. are under ten dollars. <laughs> uh, yes, or emulation. I'm trying to see if it's on the PlayStation Store right now. Yes, that would be very uh, interesting. But I know on eBay is under ten dollars. But uh, I think we should save that for next year's episode. You know, to do like yeah, a that's, video that's game review. Say the, the proposal is to, in maybe as a break from the movie instead. Oh next no, there's year, no, there's no break. There's no escape. <laughs> we have to do both. Next year, next year is gonna be a double, double sized episode. It's gonna be. Double header. It'd be like three hours long. <laughs> or maybe two parts. Two parts. At any rate, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that there was a video game of mm-hmm. the movie. So Dragon uh, Ball, the movie, the video game. I I watched some gameplay before starting this episode. Ooh. <laughs> it's rough That's to look bad. at. So it we will save bad. that for next year. Yeah, yeah. We will we will save that for next year. Uh, maybe I'll try cool. to download the PSP emulator. I was just going to say emulator should be probably more accessible. I think, yeah. I, th- I feel like if we're just going to go ham, if we're, we, we, this, this will clock in even more hours. So why, like, in for, in for a penny, in for a pound, we might as well just try to play it and uh, immerse ourselves. We will be the foremost experts on Dragon Ball Evolution in the entire planet. It would be great. It's, uh, that's a thing. That's <laughs> certainly a title to have. <laughs> <laughs> that's the title to put on your resume okay so without further ado uh before we wrap it up do you want to do you want to give final ratings on the movie before heading into the capstone which is our table script read i will give it the two star ball out of seven i i will give it a one star just because my my viewing experience this time around was so without mirth and joy and yeah and it was really hard it was really hard to get through multiple, multiple it wasn't stop. great it wasn't great so who knows maybe maybe next year 
I will fluctuate and maybe my rating be higher, but like this is this um starting episode four, the fatigue started this to creep in, and this year it has not recovered. So the the rating might be even lower next year. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two star. Now hear me out. It's not because of the movie, but it's because of what the movie produces in terms of us doing this podcast every year and finding more interesting information about this movie than ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's literally like the best part of this movie, you know, just having a great excuse to get together with friends and just, you know, just shoot the shit, catch up and, you know, just do a, have a great tradition. Um, we suffer for you and for everyone who's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I need everyone to get out your scripts. Uh, for those who haven't listened to this episode or haven't listened to any episodes prior to this one, uh, we do a live table script read of the Dragon Ball Z script, the original script that was the basis for Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, by Ben Ramsey, and we are on page number five. five. So Which, I have a question. Yes, I thought it was like a novelization rather than the script. Oh, that, so this that is Aunt, that Stan owned. Uh, so this is this was um the second no that 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 tradition started in the second episode where Stan brought in a copy of the novelization that he bought and he read from the first page and then in that same episode whatever what it was the same episode so he read for the first page of the novelization and then we we ended it or we booked ended it ended it with the script read um right okay so I no see. one has no one else has a copy of the official movie novelization so we, we, we've we've been continuing with the script read though yes Dan uh -huh. unfortunately owns the the novelization and he also owns the sticker book <laughs> That's true. God bless Dan Kadersky. So there are three roles here. There's the narrator, then there's like the actual talking of the action of what's happening. Yeah. And then there's the teacher. Yeah. So the narrator, the teacher, and the uh, what's it? The 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 script notes, I guess. Like yeah, interior. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Who wants to do what? <laughs> I'll do. I'll do the notes. Okay. Uh, Andy? I feel like you're a really good narrator, Chris. Okay. So you're going to be the teacher? Um, I'm going to take teacher. Okay. All right. Starting act one, scene. I don't know what scene this is. Page, <laughs> page five. Page five. Page five. Narrator. Continued. Bored high school students sit at desks watching the documentary. Some are snoozing. But the Dragon Balls had protectors. Seven great masters with mystical powers. On screen, we see an artist's depiction of seven great masters. They are all of different races, some younger, some older. They all wear orange Shaolin-style monk suits with white leg wraps. The outfits look very similar to Goku's. Camera tracks to Goku as he stares dreamily at Kira Palu. A cute blonde girl sitting in the next row. She is oblivious to his adoring gaze. The video is turned off and the lights come up. End title sequence. The teacher, 
a droll, passionless man with a flat, sarcastic voice, begins to query the class on what they just saw. So, can anyone tell me why this myth that demons from outer space was responsible for the destruction of the world still pesters? Anyone? How about you? Slam! He smacks his pointer on Goku's desk, snapping Goku out of his romantic gaze. Or romantic haze. Goku. And <laughs> Thank good. you, everyone. Join us next time for a discussion between Goku and Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You gotta wait a whole year just to hear that discussion end. <laughs> you gotta build it as anticipation. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so actually, um, you know, next year, well, uh, you have a lot to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, uh, Zach, you can, you can come on again. Thank you for so much for returning, returning from the the vicious prison in hell that is the Mafuba uh, <laughs> for this awesome tradition. Um, maybe you can get Rai and Stan back. Who knows? Maybe we'll grab fresh blood, and this will be like seven seven people in one chat room. Uh, that'd be awesome. I was and... gonna say, I feel like I just get. I feel like we got to at least introduce one new person a year or every other year. Mm-hmm. Shake things up, get fresh perspectives. Indeed. Bring more people into our hill. And exactly. Um, uh, okay, so we have a year. We have a, theor- we have a year to think about it. We, 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 each of us could bring uh, another guest or we, we can, you know, uh, you know, use Send someone in our head. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I couldn't make it. Here's someone else. Yes. <laughs> now suffer, but, but suffer solidarity. Yay. Catch us next year as we torture Zach's wife. <laughs> I don't like the way that sounds. Oh, Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Torture Zach's wife with Dragon Ball Evolution. How about that? <laughs> that doesn't sound great either. <laughs> it's uh, not. Maybe we do a partner cast. Heather and... Uh, What's Ryan's partner? Tom. Tom. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and Ellie. Ellie. God, I'm so, I'm blanking on everybody's names. Stan's wife. Oh. Kirstie? Oh, Kirsty. Kirsty. Why you say Ellie? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's it's a long day. We've been we've been at it for a while. It's yes. Okay. So, yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna bring fresh blood next year. We're gonna finish page six for our script read. And uh, proposing it, and we're making it canon next year. We're going to be talking about the PSP video game. Hopefully, we'll be able to play. It. If not, there is a hour and a half long story mode video on YouTube that we will all have to watch as a as a oh, stop. God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, last words before uh, we sign out and uh, end out the year. Uh, DBE, catchy name. It's Prometheum Orbs. <laughs> I I got nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> we we said all that needs to be said. And where can everyone find? Or I'm sorry. Um, where can fu- Oh, I cannot talk. Oh my god. What was the last episode of anything any of us recorded? It's been a while. We're rusty. Uh, it's cool. gonna be on the Super Nerd Pals RSS feed, so you can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, oh, you know what? We, you know what we haven't talked about on this specific suite of episodes? Um, wonderful. Zach and Andy, do you yeah. want to talk about, talk about Wonderful? Yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, last year, Pokemon Snap turned 20. We recorded a series of episodes based on celebrating 20 years of Pokemon Snap. And uh, the final episode is a, an interview with the voice actor of Professor Oak. And we just kept pining and pining and pining and wishing for a new Pokemon Snap game. And now this year, a new game was announced. So we recorded a follow-up episode this year after the trailer came out to break it down and gush and be excited. And I think we're planning to do more follow-up episodes as more trailers come out and then when the game comes out. But the game was announced in June and we haven't had any follow-up since then. So just kind of in a dry spell. But yeah, listen to Wonderful. It's all out there. It's eight episodes. Nine if you include the addendum. And uh, where could uh, people find you on the interwebs? I am at Zachary P. Lyons on Twitter. Awesome. And Andy? You can find me on Instagram at SweetJustice1 because my Twitter got suspended for no reason. No. Oh, diggity dang. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. And you can also follow and be part of our Super Nerd Pals community. Facebook.com slash groups slash Super Nerd Pals. Uh, I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Yule, Happy Festivus, Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year's. Uh, be safe out there, and we will see you in 2021 for uh, round six of Dragon Ball Revolutions. Peace out. Laters. Later.